0: Hello, welcome to the MyCon Podcast. I'm Sean Joaquin Your show guide into a detailed analysis of political happenings and current affairs in the country. This podcast is an open platform. At some points, everyone gets the opportunity to get their perspectives on issues that deeply resonate with uh, with them. The MyCon Podcast operates independently of my weekday show, China's television, which is Politics Today, as well as the weekend edition, Sunday Politics. Today, we take a look at the present issues gripping Nigeria from the economy woes to the alarming security situation and try to proffer solutions for a premise. The Vice President, Kashim Shetima referred to those celebrating the impending implosion of the Nigerian economy as clowns. This was after the NARA depreciated to about 1500 to the U.S. dollar this past week in the parallel market. The FX crisis, constant price increases of essential commodities, the economic numbers have been looking bad for a while now. But do you know the worst case scenarios? That is a terrible security situation. This past week, the Senate summoned security chiefs to an interactive session over the rising cases of kidnapping, terrorism, banditry, armed robbery, healings, and other criminal activities across the country, security agencies say they have intensified surveillance and reinforcement into troubled areas. The economic outlook and security situation appear grim, but the real test of a nation's strength lies in how it handles its challenges. So I ask, is Nigeria on the right track? Are we dealing with our challenges the right way? In all of these undulating and the pressurized temperature on the Nigerian economy, can the Bolatunobu administration tempt the tide of what is scaring a lot of Nigerians, especially the prices of commodities? Joining us tonight to uh, discuss some of these issues and perhaps give some insight and give some insider view of what is going on and how we can navigate ourselves uh, out of uh, is quagmire and let us know what exactly is government doing um is a special advisor to the president on the economy himself and economist dr tope fasua who joins us virtually thank you so much uh dr fasua for joining us tonight
1: thank you
0: yeah thank you. I, I think that uh th- this platform gives us opportunity to just go straight to the point um and the fact remains that What bothers the mind? We saw FCCPC, uh, that's the Federal uh, Competition uh, Consumer Protection uh, Council, uh, went to Sahar Stores and they were fundamentally saying that they were against this price speculation, price hike of prices, uh, this uh, manner in which uh, those who are uh, selling are not, the customers cannot trust them because of the prices. And there are a lot of outrage out there. Uh, you look at it, three, four days ago, the price of cement jumped from 4,000 to about 8,000. In some other places, you see 10,000. And people are worried. Uh, no rise, staple food. Let me just show uh, you a snapshot of what the prices of uh, the commodities are presently. Uh, we, we look at what they were uh, some time ago, uh, just about the time present the administration came into office. Noodles, for example, a carton of, of noodles it was around 3,500. It's jumped to double that price. It's about 6,500 Naira in the market price right now. Fuel, one liter. Uh, understandably, the, the removal of food subsidy affected that. 185 Naira. Now about 670. In some places, 610. Cement, one bag, 4,200 that's what it was sold around the May 2023 last year. He's between 10,000 and 15,000 now. Beans, one bag, 30,000. Current price about one round, 10,000. Rice, one bag, 50 kg, 35,000. Just about the time President Tunobu got into office, he's now selling for about 77,000. Tomatoes, one bag, uh, uh, one big basket, 35,000. Now 49,000. Gary, one kg, 600 naira. Now 900 naira. Vegetable of four liters, 3,500 before, 9,000 naira now. Egg, one crate, 1,500 before, 3,800 now. Shache water, one bag of that, 200 naira before, now 400. Everything seems to have doubled in price. The question, uh, Dr. Fasua, is whether this government understands the hardship of the average Nigerian? Does the Tunubu government do?
1: Well, Nigerians did say they want a new government that can do things right. Therefore, for every such profound reform, there also be birth pangs and birth pains. Yes, we may discuss. I hope you are still there. I can yeah, see James' yeah. picture. Sure. All right. Yeah. Okay. So we may discuss the speed at which the um, the government gets back to people. We may discuss the the, the quantum of, uh, of, uh, of 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 I don't want to use the word palliatives, but in terms of what the people get and which people are getting this extra, for example. Um, but uh, you know, but no matter what you do, when you want to embark on such reform, to say, for example, we were we were spending so much of our proceeds of of the crude oil, which is our mainstay, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, you know, as the case may be. We're spending most of that on importing uh, petroleum. So there's been a lot of work trying to ensure that that angle is blocked. We were spending that. And Nigerians said, look, we want someone who can ensure that this resource comes back to what it used to be for us, whereby whatever we sell corporately as a people, we, are, we get the money back. We, we had a scenario where Nigerians felt the look, there was a huge arbitrage that some people were enjoying in terms of um, foreign exchange and that people were getting foreign exchange from the back door, um, as said by some people uh, in the former um, administrations. And I'm not gonna focus on just one administration. I felt that people were getting this thing from the back door and that it was uh, tried, that we had a singular rate of uh, foreign exchange of Naira to. Uh, other currencies and the administration said you know what we have to try and close that uh, that gap because it's not um that gap is not exploited by by ordinary people but by people who are super connected and so this is what we we've done and uh, when you have those kind of reforms certainly there has to be um changes um and, and we can see what the changes are like i said before uh, I think that the argument should really be, okay, um, how quickly um is the government getting back to especially the 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 common man, the the, the downtrodden the the those in the lower income uh uh bracket and also those who cannot earn uh, as as now, especially maybe because they are unemployed or they are retired and all of that, the most vulnerable people in society. However, for for example, middle class and upper class people, what this has done, for example, is import duty is much higher. The prices of luxury goods are a lot higher. Maybe you want to buy a car is uh, probably much higher. Maybe you want, like for example, well, I'll get to the issue of that cement, which honestly speaking may be a case of um, exploitation. And of course, I'll also speak about LCCPC and co as much as I know. Uh, what may be happening you know so um so for the for the middle income earners and 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 uh the higher income earners certainly um what will happen is that their cost of living will increase in terms of uh what they want to be able to buy including things like food unfortunately but again i would also speak about food because there's another dynamics in that area uh, that we need to consider so what the government has done is to accede, to listen to what the people want, to try and profoundly change the way we do things. And of course, I know that, of course, every human being is resistant to change. Truth be told, every human being, including myself, everybody resists change. That's one. So no matter what you do, people are bound to complain. However, I I also uh, agree that, yes, um, for those who are not earning, and those who are earning little amounts of money, um, these pains could be very um, excruciating. And we're working hard to ensure that um, in a very short while, we're able to reach out to to many of those. And that's why even before the president spoke on Thursday, I personally have been at the uh, vanguard of reminding the states that, look, you have to back up the president, you have to back up this policy because We still have a lot of states owing salaries, owing years and pensions and gratuities and so on. And, you know, the the upshot of trying to block the leakages in the oil sector is that we're getting more Naira. We're getting more money in. In fact, Nigeria's production, according to Mr. Anuribad, who's the NSA of crude oil, is about 1.6 million, 1.68 million barrels a day. And in fact, um, no matter the case, even the OPEC confirmed, is it OPEC or which body was that, that it was 1.4, whatever the case is, but producing a lot more, meaning that in spite of whatever uh, may have been the case in the past, at least we're getting a lot more work done and inching up in terms of uh, effectiveness and efficiency in that critical sector, okay? So, um, and also because of the, um, Bridging of the 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 gap between the official and um, if you like call it the black market rate, that means we are also getting a lot more naira for for every dollar is sold of crude oil or um, or any of our dollar earnings, maybe in the MPA in, in the Masa, all of those areas where we tend to get some dollars, and so all of a sudden we seen that the allocations to states and local governments have ballooned. And so when uh, this kind of policy means that everybody must quickly get on board to ensure that the common man gets their dues. And um, therefore, things like salaries of, of people, government workers, you know, in every society, uh, that is what creates a floor. It's called the floor beneath which the spending of, uh, in an economy should not drop beneath that um uh, in in i've always said this in countries like the Scandinavian countries where they employ 30 35% of their people in government okay doing different kind of things call it security call it teaching call it social services call it environmental services call it whatever you know those guys ensure that the pay when they pay every month, people will go and spend. And it's very important to always get to understand that people must continue to spend for an economy to grow. And whereas the number of people employed by government here is 5% or less. Um, and I'm talking of whether at the federal and state level. And a lot of my friends who are liberal economists, I always talk about them because they're the ones that oftentimes push us in some of these uh, things. you yeah. know. Yeah. Would, would would actually say that that number is too high. But you can see, so not only is the number low, but also uh, that, um, you know, the states could have got true to those people earlier. So we're talking about states are owing people for contracts done equally. Maybe even at the federal, you may see some of those, you know, but states are, you know, some states, not all, are still owing salaries. So some, me, most states yeah. are owing pensions and whatever if yeah, they have got. Yeah. Yeah, are just land with this okay. in a second. If, if they had got through to the people by paying up what was due, even in part, people would not say, look, we don't have money to even feed, you know, and so on. So that's the scenario. So, in terms of the inflation, uh, of course, um, what are the factors? uh the, the the depreciation in the value of naira is a factor because many things are dependent on um um on, on importation here but also um there are also aspects of inflation that must be considered the fact that those who sell retailers, distributors, uh middlemen and so on, including some manufacturing companies, um, uh, we've seen scenarios where they increase prices on a whim. We've seen scenarios where they increase prices much more than the extra cost they are bearing, so you can go into a tailspin where, where everybody is increasing prices, and of course government must be concerned with that.
0: All right, let me ask so that we clarify, and I like to ask uh, uh, quite a few uh, short questions. Uh, first and foremost, from your references, would you say, or are you saying that some of the increase, or the uh, yeah, in the increase in the price of commodities, are artificial? and man made
1: some of it yes some like, of it you like, see like cement it, in, it, in economics in economics we don't we never base our discussion on only one uh factor only one variable uh when we're going to analyze situations like this we look at where what could be affecting the phenomenon that we are discussing from any angle so certainly uh, one of the easiest things to do is to increase prices even sometimes out of anger even sometimes out of emotions essentially when you're in the seller's market where any price that you dictate especially things like food people must buy food people must eat so whether uh, can we can we say that um the, the the percentage increase in the prices of some food is equal to the percentage um uh decrease in the in, in the value of the naira No, oftentimes people will increase much more and make and ensure their profits. And so, when I'm now saying that that's the, the only thing, because many people like to run away with some part of the story. Ah, they say that's the only thing. No, it's not. The whims of sellers is a factor, their psychological state, and of course the development of the market. So, when people talk about perfect market system and the fact that every information has been priced into the into the, into into the prices that we see by uh the forces of demand and supply for an economy like Nigeria i'm sorry it's not true
0: so let, let for me
1: an economy like yeah. Nigeria we are not at that level yet we still have a lot of emotions uh, going into some of these issues. Uh, look, there was an antitrust law in the United States where they say, you know, no matter what, that's why the fact that you may be a brilliant person, you can grow your company to any level you'd like, but if you grow too much, they say, you know what, we think we can control you. Why would the United States want to control a business? So, so ever since the time of Rockefeller, they broke up his business into pieces, and that's the United States. In the U.S., in, 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 during the Second World War, there was an instance also where they, move a certain company that was doing very well and i remember their name in a jiffy you know doing very well as a retailer and they were increasing prices on people they want them in the u.s and when they were adamant they removed the md now i'm not saying that that's what we are doing i'm just saying that uh please bear me and of course headlines will be written and so many of the people on my side don't like talking to the press because of some of those things i'm saying that historically we must know where we belong as a people we must help ourselves mm. not some people say you know what i don't care it affects other people i'm blocking my own side i'm making my own money and all of that stuff and uh, the country can go to blazes the government of the day will tell you that no the country will not go to blazes and we have references in history to ensure that we are slow Okay, at unleashing the, all of these things on the on the on the on the poor and downtrodden in our country. And so when you look at FCCPC, people said, uh, I believe that the store that in question has been reopened. Um, what we should just ensure is that FCCPC is acting within the confines of their law. Whatever it is they did must be found in the law. If it's not found in the law, then they are ultra vires the law. Okay, but of course, if they are consumer protection, they must and should protect the consumers of this country so mr, uh, mr. Fassu, the...
0: so let, let, let's get down to it the question is that just in about nine months uh some nigerians think about the policy of government some of the things that you say and some of uh uh they might want some uh, answers from you tonight and we hope that you might be able to provide a few of those um uh, in just few minutes let's get some and let me bring a few people uh on x on twitter uh first and foremost i see osasu by I like our interventions to be quick and sharp so that we can get a few people and we can get some responses from Dr. Fasua. Uh, Asasu, it's good to see you, bro. Um, what are your views? Your mic is on. Please go ahead.
2: Yes. Good evening. Uh, uh, I've listened to Tokpa speak for quite a while now. I mean, Tokpe is an intelligent chap. Before he went into government, we know how he used to succinctly criticize policies, economic policies of government. But I have to to remind Tokbe uh, that this government and this political party have not been in power for nine months. They've been in charge of Nigeria's economic matters for nine years now. So when they talk as if in- the the current president took over from an opposition as if he took over from an opposition president in May. Please, we cannot accept this. This party has been in control of the economy for nine years. And whatever is going on in the economy now is a function of how this political party has managed the affairs of the economy from the center for those last nine years. Now, I want to point out one or two things to to Tokwe he's here. I'm sure you will remember in 2011, I, if I'm not wrong, President Goodluck Jonathan wanted to end the 12th city. Do we remember? Do you remember the letter that the, the current president wrote to Goodluck Jonathan about that action, how he condemned it, how he said it was wrong, how he said it, it, it did not... Uh, uh, show concern for Nigerians. Now, 12 years later, this is the same president now going to the exact things that uh, President Jonathan wanted to do 12 years ago. If they had helped uh, uh, President Jonathan 12 years ago to take this decision, I'm not a fan of President Jonathan, by the way, but he saw what the situation was as far back as 2011, 2012, and he wanted to take the right action. So because of what the current president did to discourage him by moving Nigerians to protest against him, he, he had to backtrack on that action. And for that reason, we're still in this mess we are today. That's the point. Now, I also want to just quote something that the president said when he had his colloquium, in the, his 11th colloquium. I want to quote it because it's very important. This is what the president said when he was talking about the economy. He said this, if we reduce the purchasing power of the people, we can further slow down the economy. Let's wide the tax net. Those who are not paying, let it be inclusive of, of a volatile bull. Let the net get bigger and we take in more taxes. This is what we must do in the country. That is what he said. It's on record. You can listen to it on YouTube the president say that reducing the purchasing power of the people is a way to improve the economy it is a reduction in the purchasing power of the people that is polarizing them at the moment yeah. the, the, so i mean there are so much more things I, I i have to say but the 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 government should realize that they have been responsible for the economy for nine years and they should not talk to nigeria as if they are just coming in yeah. to manage the affairs of the country uh, just since may
0: thank you thank you so much my big brother uh Osasu, about you, and I, I wish that i could take more people because i see a lot of hands and see a lot of people who want to uh, reflect and speak about what is being discussed today but unfortunately i like to keep to my words okay. so that we can be able to wrap up quickly but thank you so much everyone and i'll sincerely thank uh, dr takwa Fasua, an economist and an advisor on economy to the president thank you so much indeed as we draw to a close on this episode of the Mike on podcast, it is evident that economic challenges facing Nigeria are present and deeply felt by many. We've heard insight from our guests and an aide to the president who has shared perspectives on how the Tonobu government aims to navigate these turbulent economic waters. Yet, despite reassurances, many of our audience no grief, <laughs> because they say it's a year where we no go grief for anybody. Of course, the stark reality remains: the hardship endured by millions of Nigerians amid rising prices and inflationary pressures is profound. Each day brings fresh struggles for families striving to make ends meet, underscoring the urgency for meaningful change and decisive action. As we reflect on the discussions held tonight. Let us not forget the voices of those directly impacted by these economic hardships and how desperately they desire meaningful and impactful solutions to these problems. Thank you so much everyone for joining us on this episode of On Podcast. Until next time, when we bring you yet another insightful conversation and perspectives on the issues shaping Nigeria's future, let's continue to seek pathways towards a brighter, more prosperous Nigeria. God bless Nigeria. I'm Sean Wakimbalwe. And it's been a wonderful moment with all of you in this space. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on this edition of Mike on Podcast with Shayono Kimbaloy. Mike On Podcast for the independent mind.